0: This is a podcast from CSIS, the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a private nonpartisan think tank located in Washington, D.C. Good afternoon. I am Denise Jung, Program Manager and Research Assistant at the Technology and Public Policy Program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. You are listening to the CSIS Cybersecurity Podcast Series, which features candid interviews with leaders and experts in the field of cybersecurity. This series is made possible by support from Raytheon Company. Today, I am interviewing Karen Evans on the Comprehensive National Cybersecurity Initiative, also known as the CNCI. Karen Evans was the former administrator for E-Government and Information Technology at the Office of Management and Budget, a role also known as the Federal CIO. She retired from this position in January 2009. Previously, she was the CIO for the Department of Energy and the Director of Information Resources Management at the Department of Justice. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today for this interview. The Comprehensive National Cybersecurity Initiative was created by the Bush Administration's National Security Presidential Directive 54. What were the major strengths of the CNCI?
1: The major strengths dealing with this particular initiative was really the fact that you had, at the Cabinet level, which is all of the heads of the agencies, specifically and personally involved in the implementation, and putting together the plan. So you had people at the table, Secretary of State, the Attorney General, those folks working through the issues, working on what was going to be done and what was going to be included in the comprehensive initiative. So it really was very powerful because people at the end, and unfortunately it was at the end of the administration, really realized the impact of what was happening in the cybersecurity world. And that is to uh, the credit of Director McConnell, the DNI, who raised this issue through the National Security Council and directly to the President.
0: In May 2009, the White House completed its 60-day cybersecurity policy review. Karen, what were the major strengths of the White House review?
1: The the major strength of the 60-day review was the integrated, what you would call an integrated project team. And it came from all the different departments and agencies. And the idea was that the authorities that those departments and agencies had, they brought to bear at the table. And it was structured at multiple levels through a department and agency, so there was a lot of communication that happened up and down the chain which is really very good and then each initiative there were several initiatives that were launched underneath there had a responsible person and now i'm not saying just department or agency but a person who was responsible for getting the implementation and getting those milestones done. And then there was a reporting mechanism that you had to come back and report on what you had done, what you haven't done, what were the obstacles to your success, so that the other people, if they could help move things out of the way, they did. So that process that was put in place was really very good, the objectives I don't think anybody would ever argue against the objectives of we need to strengthen the federal uh, networks, we need to do all these other things, but the process that was put in place and the follow-up mechanism and the accountability mechanism was really very powerful to get things done.
0: How has the Obama administration approached the CNCI? Is it taking the CNCI in a new direction?
1: It's improving it. I would say that it's building upon it because a lot of the things that happened with the CNCI toward the end was getting the plans done and getting the agencies to approve the plans and buy into the milestones and the charts. What the, And a, a really good example is for I was in charge of what they called the trusted Internet connection. That particular initiative, and this makes a lot of sense, right, if you have a huge enterprise and lots of points of entry and you don't even know where the points of entry are, it would make sense to figure out where are the points of entry and then shut down the ones you don't need. What they're doing now is improving upon that and saying what actually needs to be done and what is the best way to implement that. When we first put it out there, we drew a line in the sand and said, okay, there's only going to be 50 access points or 75 access points. Now tell us why you need to have more. As they get more and more information through the implementation, they're building upon that, refining it, and honing it in to get to that objective so that they can have situational awareness.
0: This leads into my next question. The Trusted Internet Connection Program, led by OMB, sought to reduce the number of government connections on the Internet. Karen, what is the current status of the program? What additional policies might be needed to enable full implementation of a strategy to reduce the number of government connections to the Internet?
1: One of the biggest things that, because I've personally been tracking this through the press and making sure that it's getting done, is, is the conversion. And it's going to sound really kind of simple. Agencies are in the processes of converting over their current telecommunication services. The trusted Internet connection was to maximize off of that so that the idea was if I had a circuit, for example, that provided Internet connectivity out in Hoboken, that maybe I didn't need to replace that same circuit and do a one-for-one and really look at network operations in my department and agency. OMB, uh, the Office of Management and Budget, did put out a memo at the end of September going back and saying relook look at all of your plans. What... I believe needs to happen, which I think will happen through these dashboards that the president included in his budget request, is following up and making sure agencies are actually implementing. So they're a little slow on the take-up right now, the conversion on this particular telecommunications contract, which I really feel is critical to the success of closing down your access points and really being able to monitor the network traffic that's going on.
0: There were 12 independent initiatives grouped into three different phases in the CNCI. Which phase are we currently in? And of which of the 12 initiatives have we made the most progress? On which do we need the most work?
1: So think of it as a project of short-term, mid-term, and long-term types of initiatives. And they go on concurrently. So there was a group of them that were the short-term ones. We talked a little bit about the trusted internet connection those are the short-term ones that because there were due dates that were already in effect because of contracts that agencies could make great strides in i would still say that we're probably not as far along on the short-term ones as we would have liked to have been there are things dealing with, for example, the authentication of people coming into networks, So I would know that Karen Evans is really Karen Evans. If you track a lot of these different types of initiatives that were all supposed to come together, the agencies haven't really implemented or developed applications that maximize that capability. Those are things that are kind of in the midterm that need to be done, and you haven't really seen a lot of that out in the press where agencies are taking credit for those types of activities. What you are seeing in the long term, which were long-term types of things such as research and development, you're seeing that the administration, through its budget request, has made a big investment in research and development types of activities. Those were the long-term, what we were calling leap ahead Types of things that would help the nation develop activities, research, uh, tools, uh, techniques, things that would then enable us to go ahead of our competitors, so to speak gain global dominance in this area again, and then maintain all our intellectual property. And it's for a whole host of reasons, not just national security reasons, but also for economic reasons, because we're losing intellectual property. And so you see that commitment, and what you hope is that the appropriators on the Hill will honor that commitment going forward.
0: Two of the 12 initiatives include intrusion detection and intrusion protection. Yes. Um, and DHS received quite a bit of money to develop Einstein 3. Yes. And to um, test it.
1: How are we doing there? So a lot of that is, now I'll put my information technology hat on, and a lot of that is capitalizing off of technology that has been demonstrated and implemented within the Department of Defense and the dot mill networks and taking it so that you can then uh, scale it out on a national capability, not just within the federal government, but also because of the fact that they have to deal with critical infrastructure. So it's very exciting that they're doing that. There are a lot of issues going forward in the Einstein program that are going to have to be debated because the technology capability is there. What The issues around privacy and civil liberties will need to be evaluated and make sure that, and for lack of a better term, open and transparent, that the federal government is really talking very clearly about the capabilities that they're building into the program and why so that the American people know what's going on there. Yeah, there's a a big debate
0: over what the role of DHS should be, what the role of DOD and the intelligence community should be. Um, And that's a criticism of the CNCI, that it doesn't make those roles and responsibilities clearly
1: defined. In your opinion, what should they be? So I think that there are certain things that DOD and the intelligence community do really well, and and the American people should capitalize off of that. That's the reason why we have them. Um, but we also formed new department, the Department of Homeland Security, and we were very specific as a nation what our expectations are, whether they're meeting them now, we can all talk about that. But it was very clear what their role was going to be, and their role was to make sure that government information and that the nation, the critical infrastructure, those types of things, would be resilient. And so I am a big proponent of DHS having a major role with the civilian agencies partnering with DHS. DOD, capitalizing on the knowledge from the intelligence community and brokering and working with private industry. So I really do believe that that's an appropriate role. Do they do it well? They're the new agency when you look at them in the relative, you know, looking at DoD for how many years they've been around. I think they do it pretty well considering how young they are and you look to see what agencies became Department of Homeland Security. They were all independent agencies, kind of used to doing their own thing, and now they're one department. Can they do better? Sure. And I think they're going to have the opportunity to demonstrate that through the Einstein program and and how they do things with the critical infrastructure. My next question is about Cyberscope which is an OMB program to help
0: agencies move away from viewing FISMA as a compliance exercise to something that allows agencies to better monitor their systems on a continuous, ongoing basis for better situational awareness. This new tool was launched in October 29.
1: Karen, what are your thoughts on it? I kind of take a look at this, depending on who's using them and what the purpose is and how it actually goes forward. if dhs so let's go back a little bit here if dhs uses the cyberscope because it's really continuous monitoring so it gives them situational awareness into the health of the civilian agencies then that would be a really good thing but if cyberscope the way it's set up right now is just the cool version of the quarterly reports that were coming in under fisma then it's a cool compliance tool and it's not helping us achieve the outcome I really believe that the theory of continuous monitoring, and FISMA talks about continuous monitoring, it could be refined even further, that it was really meant from an operational perspective that, you know, you're out there pinging, getting data, and it's coming up on a day-to-day You know, whether it's day-to-day or hourly or it's got to be better than quarterly Mm -hmm. and definitely better than annually. But it has to be useful to operators, to people who are analysts who are taking a look at this and then saying, oh, my gosh, here's what's happening. Here's a trend. Here's the types of things. That's the goal of CyberScope. And I think that it's good. But what we have to do is make sure that agencies have the ability to provide that type of information so that it can be used that way. So now we'll get back to part of my role, which is previously was making sure that they had the resources to be able to do this. So if OMB is making it mandated this way, then OMB should, and I'm sure they did, make sure that the agencies had the resources to be able to implement it.
0: One of the criticisms of the CNCI was that it was overclassified. Um, The details of the CNCI couldn't be shared with the public, industry, or close allies. How is the Obama administration addressing this overclassification issue?
1: There's a couple things that I think that the administration has put out there that go hand-in-hand hand with this, and that is that the administration did release a new executive order dealing with the classification of information in general, and that they're going to put in a new regimen, so to speak, dealing with classification of information. This actually came as a result from the Intelligence Reform Act. And so when you look at the Intelligence Reform Act, it talked very specifically about terrorism information. But if you look at cybersecurity, cybersecurity could actually encompass all of that. So I actually think that these types of efforts where the president has put together a team, um, has institutionalized because they put things over at NARA to deal with this, of information classification, being able to uh, get access to the information, Freedom of Information Request, which is the direct opposite of the classification of information, they're really looking at information management. If you err on the side, which I would say the Bush administration, and I can say this now in a year uh, distance, we erred on the side of classifying this too far. Um, And there are pieces that were definitely in the public domain that we should have been talking about and I think there are more pieces like the Einstein program that should be talked about because it has direct impact on the citizens and they need to know the citizens need to know it doesn't mean that you can't do it it just means you engage the public so that they're aware of what the government is doing and there is a lot of good that is happening with the cyber security program, and then there was a lot of good that happened with the CNCI, but if you don't tell people, then they will jump to the government is doing big brother types of type things, and that's a bad thing. And so I think that you want to err on the side of putting more information out, and those who are interested will actively participate.
0: In January 2010, Obama named Howard Schmidt as the new White House cybersecurity coordinator. In his new role, what should his priorities be, and what should he focus on?
1: I'm always one that needs believes that you should kind of clean up your own house first. So I would think that he would look at what we talked about earlier, which were the short-term objectives of the CNCI, the short-term types of projects that were there and make sure that they're on track and if they're not on track get them back on track because then you can clearly show industry here's an enterprise that's the federal government, and here's what we did to clean up our own house. Here's the things that are working, here's the things that aren't working. So I would hope that he would partner with the CTO, Anish Chopra, and the CIO, of Kundra, and get those things done within the federal government that need to be done, that can be done, that is under their purview, that is under their authorities, and then take on some of these longer-term issues like the privacy and civil liberties aspects.
0: Karen, thank you so much for participating in this podcast interview. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to the CSIS Podcast. For more, please visit us online at www.csis.org.